Hello and welcome to Solving the Equation of Sales podcast with me, Tim Gibbons. This podcast is a mixture of chat, ideas and training that can help you to improve your sales performance, close more deals and earn more money for you and your company. The Equation of Sales states that trust times needs times value equals successful selling. Before we can do anything, we need to build trust with our potential customer, then understand their needs and then hopefully show how our product satisfies those needs in a way that makes money for both of us. If we can do all of that, then we're going to be more successful in our sales activity. This month, we're looking at the topic of change, which is part of value, and I'll be chatting with my guest, Pasha Morozov of GeoSoftware, about this. More sales opportunities are lost to no decision rather than to a competitor. This means that the customer decides not to buy anything rather than buying a similar product from someone else. In other words, they have decided not to change. Fundamentally, if we're not prepared to change our processes, then there is no reason to buy something new. If we are happy with how things are going, then we don't need to change. The majority of potential customers are in this status quo position and are highly unlikely to buy. Over time, they may start to feel somewhat unhappy, but don't really know what to do about it. We call this the window of dissatisfaction. If we can connect with our customer then, we stand a great chance of making a sale. If not, eventually the customer will reach the point where they have to do something. They will go searching for ideas, and your chances of success are much reduced. So, if we want to be successful, we need to persuade our customer that not everything is perfect. We have to push them into the window of dissatisfaction, and so we need to persuade them to change. So our interaction has to start with persuading our customer to change, rather than selling our product. Each month, I interview another experienced salesperson, and everyone gets asked the same set of questions. So it only seemed reasonable to me that I also answer these questions. So over these first six episodes, I've been answering these questions from my own perspective. So, what's my advice to someone who is starting out in sales now? To me, the most important thing is to learn your product. You don't need to learn it in minute detail, but you do need to know it reasonably well. What does it do? How does it do it? How does it interact with other products? It's only by combining what your product does with what your customer is doing that you can identify sales opportunities. For me, that all starts from knowing your product. Beyond that, being able to answer most questions helps to build trust with your customer. It demonstrates that you know what you're talking about. You may not know everything, which is fine, but you should know most of the answers to the questions that you're asked. At the very least, it will shorten your sales cycle, as you won't have to wait to find out the answers and then inform the customer. (music) 
To make a successful change, people need to go through the five stages known as the trans-theoretical model. Stage one is pre-contemplation. You need to think differently, which means that you need to receive some new information. Stage two is contemplation. You need to understand what this information means for you. How will it affect you or your business? Stage three is preparation. Here we make a plan as to how we will make the change. It's only at this stage that your customer is going to buy your product. Stage four is action. At this stage, we put our plan into action and start to make the changes. And stage five is maintenance. When the change has taken effect and you are back in your comfortable status quo position. So if we're going to take our customer through the sales cycle, we need to start by telling them something new and what it means for them. We need to lead them through stages one and two so that they can buy our product in stage three. My guest this month is Pasha Morozov of Geo Software. Pasha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Tim. Hello. Hi there. Great. Pasha, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about the company that you work for. Yeah, so uh, Geo Software is uh, literally a spin-off from CGG. Uh, we became independent company last year, well, owned by a bigger company in the Netherlands, uh, like uh, acting as a venture capitalist, I think. Um, Geo Software specializing on software and consultancy sales, mostly in inversion domain, seismic inversion, acoustic inversion, AVO, etc. Uh, we have a number of applications out there and very well known in the industry like Hanson, Russell, Jason, uh, Powerlog and some others. And uh, because we became um, sort of a separate independent company in a way, now we're a lot more active. It's a lot a lot of investment going on into our R&D, uh, very proactive with our customers, traveling, attending various conferences, a lot of fun. Great. Tell us about your journey to this point. Did you always want to work in sales? To be honest, no. I think uh, to me, it's always been like for many others I met uh, at the beginning of their journeys, I wanted to be some sort of a pre-sales guy, like between technical and business. Uh, you know, some people with soft skills, uh, they're always trying to get somewhere in between, like being like more pre-sales and not being responsible for the revenue because it's kind of scary. Uh, so this is why I wanted to be. Uh, but I quickly realized that you can't really hold what you have and, and sit permanently on something in business. You either grow and you're dying. There is no middle ground here. And if you want to progress, if you want to develop yourself, you have to get responsibilities. And one of these core responsibilities is the figure in the end of the year. So revenue targets, etc. And I started more as a technical pre-sales, but then quickly in the first year moved to sales because that was the obvious natural progression. That's a very quick progression between the two, isn't it? Yeah, some people in pre-sales, they can spend years, but uh, based on my, uh, you know, uh, people I know in the industry, still after one year, two years, even after five years, many people become sales account managers or new business development managers rather than technical pre-sales people only. 
Yeah, it is. It is a natural progression from doing a very technical job um, into being a salesperson because you. It is a nice halfway house and a, and a great way to learn what to do before you actually take on the full responsibility of it. I'm sure that you've learned lots of things during your career. Can you remember what the first thing is that you learned in sales? I think uh, the very first, well, based largely based on my mistakes, I would say, uh, is the time management, how you prioritize things, how you manage your time as well, because you can end up, you know, in sales doing lots of things, helping uh, people do something, develop your relationship, but without tangible results. And in the end, these are revenue numbers. You you know, you, you can be very busy, but results could be very poor at the same time too. So this is where time management and uh, understanding where you are in the sales funnel comes from. Um, basically, closing the deals is really the most important. And soon people understand that, the better. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not time management in the classic sense, is it? But it's very much, what should I be focused on? You know, yeah, prioritizing make the difference absolutely yeah so what do you think is the most important thing that you've learned in your sales journey uh to be honest it's uh well to understand where you are in the sales funnel to understand the forecast um where you are in the forecast that's the most crucial and it's never ending you keep learning it all the time with each new company you join it's different technology you're dealing with or it's services or anything else uh, different regions, maybe as well. Uh, different size of the companies. It all matters, and it, it you know you can't really wake up in the morning or something like you're born with a natural talent, knowing where you are in the for. This is something you have to learn, and it comes with experience. And uh, more experienced you are, better understanding you have of where you are in the sales funnel. And crucially, when you can close a certain deals in your forecast and how many deals you need to have to reach the certain figure as well. This helps you planning ahead, keeps you busy, prioritizing your opportunities, prior prioritizing your even territories if you have a few uh, countries to cover and certain clients, certain companies as well. So, yeah, that's, I think, the most important and still important and will be important like forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the the number of things that you have to do in order to close um, are they seem to get longer and more um, these days. But yeah, you definitely have to think. Oh, about they that. change as well. It's not a static a static science. You know, you learn something, you're good to go. Now it changes. Different budgets, different environments, uh, different technologies. Of course, I mean it changes all the time. So yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming that you obviously enjoy working in sales. What do you think is the best thing about it? I think to me personally, but it's not necessarily applies to everybody else out there. For me, closing a deal, just a reflection of, you know, the, the hard work you've done, uh, people you've been dealing with, maybe difficult people sometimes, maybe people you enjoyed dealing with. But in the end, you achieved something. And, and, and this achievement is basically getting the purchase order from clients something like that so i think this is the really the the, the most important thing to me and yeah yeah it's always a lot of fun even after 25 years i still get a buzz out of actually finalizing a deal because some of them now i i find some of them are taking like two years and that's oh really yeah work. 
Yeah, specifically in a, in a not traditional, well, traditional European territories, maybe outside Europe, somewhere like North Africa or Asia Pacific, or even some European countries, specifically on the South, could be a bit traditional, conservative, and it takes time to close some deals, and specifically with big players, uh, super majors. Oh, yeah, yeah, it takes time and a lot of effort. Okay. So what would be your advice to someone starting out in sales today? Well, I mean... You know, I noticed actually, and when speaking to some uh, people before, that, that there are a number of assumptions that people make about salespeople. And in our industry, that's uh, the same as well, like probably in many others, that we like selling insurance, knocking on the door, cold calling, lots of people tell us no, and we have to find ways around this, you know, okay, well, it's us, but, you know, trying to push the product forward and just sell it in, in 10 minutes or half an hour. That's not the case at all. This is a complete assumption and it doesn't work like that. So sales is a proper business environment. Well, you have to be disciplined. There are many. It's like a minefield. You have to learn a lot of things, etc. But it's a lot of fun. It's serious professional work. It's a lot of responsibilities as well. And if you want to progress, even if you want to build your career as independent consultant or start, up your, or start your own company at some point in technology, write the code and sell the software or consultancy services and sell yourself to a bigger company afterwards, uh, you really need to get yourself involved in sales. It's not as easy as it looks. It takes, as we discussed with the forecast, years of understanding all this. Uh, but that's one of the most crucial skills and, you know, specialities in business. You know, you can't really be sitting in technology side and then all, all, all of a sudden become a CEO. Yeah, it happens. But often people from sales, from business really progress upwards. Yeah, great. All right. So the topic of this podcast is all about change and why customers need to change in order to buy something. And it's probably the biggest thing for me that I've realized is that in order to sell something, you've got to persuade somebody to change. Um, and if they're not prepared to change, they're not going to buy. So what's your experience of this and the ways that you've found to persuade people to change? Well, it's a complex question, it, and it's not as easy as like a change like a Steve Jobs presented iPhone and suddenly grabbed the market globally and uh, spreads all over the place. And it's such a great iconic idea and implemented in such a nice product. Um, I think we're lucky dealing with oil and gas because oil and gas changes all the time. I remember when, well, in late nineties, when I, 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 you know, I, I was in the university. It was all about Kirghoff migration and several companies were pushing this um, across GNG community. Then it became AVO, um, then SOM, self-organizing maps, uh, then acoustic inversion, frequency decomposition. Every time it's something new, new science, etc. So nowadays, like 10 years ago, they started talking about big data. Now it's all transformed, morphed like data management, like a classic data management morphed into data science. And big data became automation. So now we're talking about machine learning, how we can automate and uh, get something from the data that we have. And oil and gas companies, they've always been looking at these things. It's just uh, so they are ready to change, even though they say that we don't want to change anything. 
They just don't know it, do they? I mean, it's really explain to them what you have and convince them, I would say, so they feel understood. So actually, they, they feel that you offer them something that they actually need, they want. And this is a change in a way. And, uh, you know, we've seen uh, over the years, I've seen some products uh, being like a shining stars in, in the 90s, well, in the 80s, I'm sure, but in the 90s and in early noughties, lots of them just gone away. They've been swapped by another product and it's a never ending process. I mean, after 10 years, there's going to be something else. Yes, with 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 technology, that that is a constant change, and it it's uh, it absolutely drives opportunity. Um, as long as the customer understands what it means for them, um, oh yeah, and and often that's the difficult thing is they don't understand what it means, and so we have to go through the explanation process in order to get there. Yeah, exactly, and also you know, for example, now I could say that lots of these things are moving towards software as a service, cloud solutions. So at some point within the next 10 years, we will see more and more companies moving into machine learning and cloud and software as a service space. It's all going. It's quite predictable as well. I mean, if you just read all of this and just see what's happening out there, yeah, it's easy to see. Yeah, yeah. You've just got to stay on top of all those things and understand them. And uh, I'm afraid oh, yeah. as I get older, my understanding or ability to understand is decreasing, I think. But well, still, you know, I mean, uh, most of our industry journals and magazines, you know, if you open them, it's all there. There's no secret. It it's is. Not, it is. It's not a secret. Yeah. 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 Great. Pasha, it's been great chatting to you. Thanks very much for being my guest on this podcast. Pasha Marzal, thanks. thanks very much. Thanks, team. Enjoyed it. I run a two-day workshop all about change and why it is so important in sales. One of the main topics that we discuss is what can we tell our clients that will make them want to change. Some things that you want to consider are primary research data relevant to their business. This is something that you or your company has researched and that therefore your customer is unlikely to know. Some insight into how the use of your products helps to solve business problems. For example, if you've helped a similar customer with a problem, that success story will be very useful. Best practice methodology based on your area of expertise. How has using your product helped people to become more effective? Introduce some unconsidered needs. These are unforeseen problems, challenges or missed opportunities. Whatever you tell your customer, Try to make the content 100% customised to their specific situation. Ensure that you talk about their industry or their area of work. The more relevant that you can make it, the better it will be for them. Before we finish, here's a sales tip for you to think about. Whenever we engage with a potential customer, 
and they show some interest in our product, there is a tendency to pursue them at all costs, no matter whether they say no after a while. We invest our time and emotions in opportunities, and it is sometimes difficult to give them up when they are lost. We carry on chasing them, even though we are wasting our time. Walking away from lost opportunities is hard, but it is an important thing to do. If you know that a customer has decided against using your product, continuing to chase them wastes your time and risks future deals by annoying them. You are better off walking away, learning why you lost out and applying that learning to the future. Continue to engage with the customer in a non-sales way so that they will consider you next time. There are, as they say, plenty more fish in the sea. And finally, an unfriendly sales manager once said, the word impossible does not exist in my dictionary, to which their sales rep responded, well, maybe you should have checked it before buying it. So that's it for this month's podcast. I hope that you've enjoyed it and found it useful. My thanks to my guest, Pasha Morozov, for their contribution. I was particularly interested in his advice to new salespeople that sales is such an important role and should not be taken lightly. If you'd like to learn more, there are a lot of resources on my website, hulock-consulting.com. There are sales tips, blogs and recorded webinars that you can watch whenever you want. If you are interested to learn more about change and why it's so important in sales, you can find more at catalystforsales.com. That's catalystforsales, or one word, dot com, where there are articles and information about this topic. I'm happy to have a free one-hour chat with anyone who's working in sales to give them ideas that they can immediately apply to their work. As I say, there's no charge for this initial discussion. You can book this via my website, hulock-consulting.com slash booking. You can book the free introductory chat. That's all for this episode of Solving the Equation of Sales. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Please subscribe for future episodes. And if you did find it useful, please tell your friends and colleagues so that they can benefit from it as well. Thanks for listening and happy selling.